This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Joining me today while you're here, please make sure to subscribe, like this video. And if you're listening on podcast, please make sure to leave a review. This helps my content get in front of more people. So thank you for that. My name is Judy Cho, and I am board certified in holistic nutrition. I focus on getting to root cause healing, and oftentimes that starts with the carnivore cure meat only elimination diet. Today's interview is with Miss Paula Zewetsky, and she is an expert in ozone therapy. But we are not going to talk about ozone therapy. If you are interested in ozone therapy and healing, she has used a lot of that and she is an expert in that space. I'll probably bring her on one day to talk about ozone therapy specifically, but you want to check her out too. And I will link to that in the show notes. But we are talking about her N equals one story about liver consumption and eating too much liver and then causing liver toxicity. She talks about vitamin A and her journey as to why carnivore was doing so well for her and then why she didn't feel so well when she all of a sudden introduced a lot of liver and then just started not feeling so well. As she is following a low vitamin A diet now on a meat only carnivore diet, she is feeling so much better. So many people share about the benefits of organ meats. And for some people, it is beneficial, but for some people, it may not be. Let's get right into the conversation. Hi, Paula. I'm very excited to have you on. I've been sharing about liver and、um, possible risks of toxicity and vitamin A, and now even about purines with uric acid levels. And it's not a conversation that's really accepted well in the community because, you know, we revere liver. We think organ meats are so beneficial, and they are to a certain extent with nutrient density. There's no question about it. But there are Some concerns with excess hypervitaminosis and other things. When I first shared my content with Grant Jenneru and then I interviewed Dr. Garrett Smith, there was a lot of pushback. But 
on the flip side, I got a lot of emails saying, hey, that's my situation. And I had a lot of people that said that they wanted to come on and share their story. Maybe they saw the comments in the YouTube videos. I'm not really sure, but they all backed out. So I'm thankful that you are wanting to share and and that you're sharing your story about some of the concerns you have and that you've personally experienced. Let's just talk about you know your journey as a carnivore, how long you've been carnivore, and then what made you decide to start liver and just kind of just your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but first, okay, let me say something about yeah, people getting scared and such. So uh, I can, I guess, I can understand it a little bit because I shared my story now twice in the World Carnivore Tribe, Tribe. or something, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of pushback and people like, "What? No liver? You cannot, uh, you cannot poison yourself with liver. This is ridiculous, absurd." And a lot of comments like this. But you know, this doesn't scare me at all. Like, uh, if anything, it motivates me to to speak out more okay. about this because it shows me just um, how pervasive this thinking is. Yes, and. Uh, I believe, yeah, it needs to be corrected. Absolutely. I think it's very dangerous, you know, eating liver. I really believe that it killed me. It nearly killed me and probably more than once. But uh, yeah, back to your question. Uh, when did I start being carnivore? So pure carnivore in the sense that I was eating only meat or other animal products. I started and that was March, April 2018. But before that, I had been paleo slash on the keto diet for the over 10 years i believe so Mm -hmm. for at the time when i went carnivore i had been eating meat with basically every meal for over 10 years okay meat or any other animal products cheese uh you know animal fats 10 years prior to to uh, becoming to- carnivore, turning carnivore, uh, I don't remember how often I ate um, organs, probably not often. I, I don't remember anymore. I was eating some eggs and was consuming some butter and other dairy products, which are also uh, you know, problematic when you talk about the vitamin A content. But um, so, so I don't remember that, but I remember, okay, the like, Six, six or eight months prior to March 2018, I was consuming a lot of uh, other vegetables also with my meat because, again, I, w- I was like paleo slash keto um, before that, uh, that I now realize were high in beta carotene. So I was also eating, uh, for example, a lot of carrots. And uh, and this led to a the f- one of many health crises <laughs> that I had. And that health crisis is culminated around like March, April, 2018. And this was the reason why I went completely carnivore, right? So I, I cut out all the vegetables and I started eating only meat and I started eating only muscle meat. So it was uh, mostly beef and lamb. Actually, like the first two or three months, it was mostly lamb and some beef. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this was March, April 2018. This is when I started, like, you know, just carnivore, nothing else. And um, and then, so I continued with the muscle meats, but by um, September, August, September, October of 2018, I started adding dairy products. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I started adding dairy products and maybe eggs, don't remember anymore. And then, so my health then tanked again around like end of 2018, 2019. Um, And I I was still carnivore, but, you know, I was eating a lot of dairy and um, I didn't understand why why my health had now deteriorated again, but I continued being uh, carnivore. And then by January, February 2019, I um, had another outbreak of psoriasis, Mm. Um, which I had successfully managed for over 10 years while being paleo. And now I had a psoriasis outbreak. So, um, but I understood this was probably had to do with my dairy consumption. So I cut that out completely. And then I went back to just, uh, I cut the dairy out and uh, just was eating mostly muscle meats and probably some eggs. Don't remember anymore. And so this was going on until the beginning of 2020. And my health was more or less stable or was getting better. And then around 2020, I must have gotten the great idea of, uh, uh, of adding liver to my diet. Uh, I don't remember anymore what triggered it. Um, I remember that in March 2020, I actually looked up in my Amazon accounts. I had bought a food process processor on Amazon to be able to do my uh, make my own liver pate. Okay, and so around that time, I must have started eating increased amounts of liver. So I was uh, making my own liver pate. Uh, I was uh, um, eating more beef liver, chicken liver. Later on, I found turkey liver. By the way, turkey liver is like the most tender, the most delicious. And you see, when I think right now about liver pate, like I start salivating. This is the crazy thing. Okay. So I've always liked the taste of liver. I I would say I had a craving for it back then. Okay. So I, I, was, I, was, I was just loving it, you know, like, to this day, if somebody came up with a vitamin A free liver pate, I would eat it every day. I just, I just absolutely love the taste. Okay. Beginning March 2020, you know, I, I must have started uh, to consume more of, uh, you know, various types of uh, livers. And I also was adding eggs to it and slabs, like literally slabs of butter. Okay. So, so you know, and I thought, you know, this was perfectly fine. I was still carnivore, right? It's all carnivore. Uh, it's all animal products. You know, I'm, I'm good to go, right? But then, like, slowly, slowly something started to, to be strange. Like, my health was just, uh, I, it was just off. I was tired the whole time. It was really difficult for me to to engage in any type of mental activity. I was writing articles for my for my blog, and I also started writing a book. And it was it was becoming more and more difficult. I really had to. I really was struggling with this, and I really had to force myself to do this. And it was extremely difficult. It was like there was a block in my thinking, like a blockage. I remember in July 2020, I then decided to to do a vitamin C test. Right, because I thought, you know, hey, maybe there is something to it, you know, that you uh, you develop scurvy while being right. carnivore, right? And uh, lo and behold, uh, the test came back, and like my vitamin C levels were basically non-existent. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was like uh, less than 
uh, what was it, uh, 0.1, I believe, or something. Um, okay, the, no the normal range starts with 4.8 and ends with 20. I got scurvy while carnivore. Hey, there is something to it, right? And uh, although I wasn't 100% convinced because, hey, there are so many cases, thousands of people are doing this, and they do not develop scurvy, right? So it was kind of confusing. But at the same time, I was also doing ozone therapy. And ozone is an oxidative um, molecule, and it is known to degrade uh, vitamin C in the body. So, so I thought, hey, that was probably it. I was overdoing it on the ozone. What didn't quite add up is that in 2018, I did exactly the same thing. So from March until like July 2018, I was carnivore, but mostly muscle meat, muscle meat, lamb and beef. I was doing ozone like two to three hours a day. And when I checked my vitamin C levels in July 2018, they were perfect. They were in the perfect range. And now it's two years later, I'm basically doing the same thing, and my vitamin C stores are essentially gone. So I was like, you know, I was trying to make sense of this, and, and I, I couldn't really come up with anything. But in any case, I started supplementing with vitamin C, and I started adding uh, lemon and lime juice, mm. uh, mostly at the beginning, mostly lemon and lime juice. And that was the first time that I actually broke the carnivore diet, right? Mm -hmm. So 2020. So between uh, 2018 and 2020, I was for two years, I was strict carnivore. Some things improved, like I had bleeding gums. I had developed bleeding gums. So after I started adding lemon lime juice, that stopped. Uh, the breathing di difficulties, like shortness of breath, that okay. resolved as well. Uh, the fatigue, first, it seems that... It did get a little better, but later I realized, mm, no, later it actually got worse. But anyway, at that point, I started uh, I started regularly consuming lemon lime juice. Later, I also added sauerkraut juice and sauerkraut. Mm -hmm. Those are all like high vitamin C foods, right. right? But I still had no idea that it could have anything to do with with the huge amounts of vitamin A I was consuming in the form of liver, eggs, and butter. So I continued with those things. You know, there was, it was not, you know, some people ask me when I, when I speak out about what this did to me, they're like, they keep asking me like, how much liver did you eat? Right. right? So, so I cannot tell them exactly, right? Because I didn't keep a journal. I didn't write it down what I was eating every day. So I'm like mostly speaking from memory at the place where I would buy the chicken liver, especially, they the chicken liver comes in packages of 300 grams, which is like mm -hmm. uh, one a little more than one pound, okay? And so I would prepare like a whole package, okay, plus add like four or five eggs on top mm -hmm. of this and a couple of slabs of butter. So when I when you type this in into like one of those apps that, tells you you know all the nutrients and so forth chronometer you know, like a chronometer right? right so it came uh came out it was like forty five thousand units of vitamin a okay so i would there were periods i believe where i would eat this type of thing like several times a week you know later it may have it may have uh tapered off to like several times a month but then i remember in 2021 mm -hmm. Uh, I started to eat liver again every day, but in very small amounts, you know, probably, you know, kind of like, uh, well, more than what is in the, in, in the liver capsules. 
so it was yeah so it was minimal but i was still consuming it and i was still eating it oh and then at some point i also switched to eating only egg yolks mm. right it's interesting because when you are eating vitamin A, uh, f- like from the beta carotene from carrots, um, when you are doing a ketogenic diet, you're obviously eating a lot more fat. And the carrot versions need fat to make them more soluble. So you were making the perfect storm with those two to mm. then store it in your liver. And then depending on other health conditions, the amount will get stored in your liver. And then if you're not eating like the vitamin D, E, and K and other fat soluble vitamins, they can also have an impact. And liver, if you look at any uh, resource on nutritional health for liver, there is minimal vitamin D, E, and K. So you're getting a big rush of vitamin A without any of the other ones. And then as you were feeling unwell, let's say the carrots, you remove them so you feel a little bit better because you're maybe not getting the anti-nutrients. But then when you add in egg yolks and butter, so I'm sure some people listening and watching this are saying, oh no, I can't eat butter and egg yolks, but it's context. So for you, if you were already getting a little bit of the poisoning from the carrots and then the fat, and then let's say you took a break and so your liver had to store a little less vitamin A, you might have felt a little bit more relief. But as soon as you added any bit of the vitamin A, so from the egg yolks and butter, which you can eat just a handful of them and get your daily value, you probably didn't feel well. So I think it all makes sense. And then when you tipped it again with the excess liver, that can then really make you sick. So maybe if you can share a little bit about how uh, how you felt during that time. I know that I saw some of the comments where people were saying, well, you're an anomaly because you ate a pound of liver and no one really does that. Obviously, you're saying you're not doing it all the time. But there was a period even prior to me sharing this content that there is no excess amount that you can do of liver. So four ounces was very common for people to be consuming. Even of some of the advocates, they were eating four or five ounces with egg yolks and then butter and other things that have other vitamin A. I wonder if that made them sick and they are never wanting to admit that that could have been some of the issue. But over the course of like almost a year now, I hear it now where people are like, okay, one ounce is safe. But just a year ago, they were saying four ounces was safe. It's interesting. And now I hear it's like half an ounce, I guess they've moved to. But regardless, there are just some people, there's a reason we have an upper tolerable limit that our government standards have where if you eat beyond this, there's a chance or risk of adversity to your health. And so for one ounce of liver for any child under the age of three, even one ounce a day is way above that tolerable limit. And so we think of these dietary guidelines where we recommend babies and infants first foods being liver. But again, your liver is also not fully developed until past the age of three. And you're giving them an amount that's above the tolerable limit. So I wonder how much of an impact it has on children when again, vitamin A should be better balanced with D, E, and K, but there is no real D, E, and K in liver. So are we setting up these children? And I was completely the same. My two-year-old had a lot of chicken liver pate, and I don't know how much damage I've done on him because he was eating it again when his body couldn't process it. And for sure, when he was eating pate, he was eating more than one ounce a day. And I thought it was a superfood. And I hope that I am reversing some of that by him not eating as many vitamin A foods. So for you, with all of this said, like, what did you experience? And how did you ultimately realize it was the liver? Mm -hmm. So 
Right. So this was me finding out it was delivered. This this was it took me around a year and it cost me probably close to or maybe even more than ten thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. I, I recently did the accounting for past year and and yeah, that's so much. I spent so much money on. I was like throwing money on supplements, you know, all day, every day. I was just buying new stuff. I was researching online, you know, and then trying supplements, ordering them online, and then you know, and just uh, waiting for them to arrive. And then like every day, I was testing, testing basically uh, new supplements different um different dietary interventions and um yeah so so it took me around a year but uh yeah what did i experience so so yeah the first symptoms were kind of like slowly creeping in you know it was like uh by the beginning like uh by the beginning of 2020 mid 2020 and it was First was just like a lack of energy, like like just not having any motivation, like feeling very lethargic, right? Uh, having difficulty thinking, doing any type of mental labor was was just uh, draining, and just like really feeling like uh, yeah, completely devoid of of any drive, any motivation. And this then kind of like increased to like the fatigue basically increased more and more. Where I felt like uh, like a complete brain dead zombie, mm-hmm. right? So so the fatigue was just really overwhelming. So this was one thing. Then another thing that I developed that I don't think I've ever had in my life before was um, edema in my ankles. So water retention mm-hmm. in my ankles, and it was severe. I don't know if you've seen the the pictures. I can also send you. The, the picture and you can maybe uh, in, include it in the video later sure. if you want and so so it was really like you know like the typical ankles that you see of you know in elder uh, older uh, women uh, you know where where, where uh, the, the, the 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 tissue the the, the foods basically you know flowing out spilling out of the shoes and and it was really perplexing to me you know but I thought hey I guess this is aging right <laughs> you know maybe it had something to do with you know how i felt maybe not I, I i wasn't sure then another strange thing that i developed was joint pain it was joint pain in my left elbow and my right hip and the reason why this was so strange and i developed this joint pain while being on a carnivore diet is because back in 2018 i had resolved the joint pain with the carnivore diet interesting okay so in 2018, like within three days of going carnivore, uh, the stiffness in my neck uh, resolved. The hip pain in my the, the right hip pain was down by 95%. Uh, two weeks later, it was completely gone, right? Just by me switching from like a ketogenic diet with root vegetables and meat to only meat diet, sure. right? And and now I was still carnivore, and the pain came back. Mm. And I was like, you know, it didn't make sense to me. Another thing that happened is that, um, uh, especially after food, like the fatigue, I was I would always feel fatigued, but especially after food, like after I ate, I was just knocked out. And then I had constant bloating, like whatever I ate, I had bloating. You know, if I ate just chicken or just beef or whatever right i had constant bloating after food at the same time i was losing weight 
so I, um, so I, my, my belly was bloated, right? But the rest of my body was getting thinner and thinner. Mm-hmm. Right. At the same time, I also developed like a pain here. Mm-hmm. It was like a little, I, I think solar plexus is here. So it was like slightly below the solar plexus around here. And, um, Oh, at the same time, I also developed uh, what I call sandpaper skin. So when I would touch my skin, especially on my face, it really felt like sandpaper, like really coarse. Right. So those were those were the symptoms that, um, yeah, that were most troubling. But there was like a whole list of things or like 20 other things that that occurred. What's really, what's really interesting about the skin thing is, you know, a a form of vitamin A is retinol and they use a retinol in so many beauty products. They use it in Accutane too, because it will speed up the, like, from my understanding, it will speed up the cell's life. And so initially it may regenerate a new cell. And so your skin will feel great, but really in essence is it's just um, expediting the aging process. So I wonder if you had already gone through that with the excess vitamin A. And so that's why now your skin is actually showing the sandy paper, which is inevitable to happen for people that are using excess retinol, consuming a lot of liver, taking the Accutane. Initially, when you're young, sure, it works great. But really, all it's doing, it's aging your cells quicker, which is kind of scary. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you went through that with the sandpaper feeling. So what made you realize that it is vitamin A and it wasn't, um, or the liver particularly? Hold on a second. Let me add something. So, so those were, right. So those were the symptoms when I was, uh, when I felt really bad, but later on, that was towards the end of 2021, you know, it was getting progressively worse and worse and worse. And I was losing more and more weight and it was, it was kind of scary Mm-hmm. And but at some point it was so bad, I was so weak, you know, so it wasn't just like fatigue, it was like actual weakness. And I really thought, I really felt like, you know, something really dangerous is happening to me. And at some point I was so weak, I remember that I live on the first floor. Hold on okay. a second, wait, in the US it's a different system. Wait, so oh, there's the second floor. You live on the second floor. Then. I, I live, okay, according to the, yes, right. I, I live on the second floor, right. So I just need to go like one flight of stairs, sure. right, uh, to, to get to my apartment. Yeah. And I started taking the elevator mm. to, to get to my apartment. I was like, that, that blew my mind, you know, and I caught myself doing this, you know. I was like, whoa, I, am I seriously taking the elevator to, to go this one floor up? And yeah, because I was so weak. Then I was, you know, when I had to throw away the trash, I also felt so weak. I was like, damn it, I I don't know if I will make it back because I felt just so fragile. Right. And then it was also the the sensation. This this was already like end stage. This was, we were talking like November 2021. Uh, I felt... Like there was acid in my muscles, like there was acid in my body that didn't want me to move. I felt like my body just did not want me to to perform any movements. And I was like, and I realized, hey, this is how it must feel when you have ALS or MS. You know, I, I've never been diagnosed with, with any of that, but I I, I understood, hey, this this is probably how this feels like. Right. So, okay. So how came I, how did I, um, how did I start, um, you know, understanding that it was probably vitamin A. 
So, so yeah, as I said, this, this was a discovery process of around one year. Uh, so at the beginning of 2021, my uh, health started deteriorating. And I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. I need to figure out what the heck is happening mm-hmm. and, and fix it. And so I put everything on hold. I, I stopped uh, um, writing my book. And I just concentrated fully on, on, on finding out what was going on. And so I was, you know, researching. And then, you know, first, of, co- of course, was diet, right? So I thought, okay, does it have something to do with diet? What am I doing wrong? And I, first I had the idea it was uh, something with my, with my gut biome. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was also suffering from bad constipation. And probiotics had helped me in the past with a constipation. So I, so I like, okay. This shows me, you know, something is off with, with my gut biome. But instead of taking probiotics, I thought, okay, let's do this the natural way. So I started eating sauerkraut and, drink, and drinking sauerkraut juice. So, but that didn't really help. But sometimes, sometimes not. It was like there was no clear result from this. And then, um, so, so I started, uh, you know, excluding stuff and then adding new stuff. And, you know, at some point I was eating mostly vegetables and just a little bit of uh, butter, I believe. At some point I, uh, I, I then went um, uh, low fat. So I was eating only just low fat um, meats, like, for example, skinless chicken breast, oh, which wow. is an abomination, you know, <laughs> in my opinion, like when it comes to taste so i tried that i actually felt better uh but then i i was like hold on a second this cannot be healthy you know just because there's really nothing to this thing so i need to i need to add some nutrients so i started adding egg yolks Mm. right and then things kind of started um the improvements um were not i wasn't seeing them as as fast as I was seeing when I was eating, you know, just skinless chicken breast and some things uh, got worse again. And so again, you know, I was like, uh, hold on a second. No, this isn't it either. Then I even went vegan for like three days. Then, um, I, um, I don't even even remember, but I did lots of different combinations. You know, I did high fat, this low fat, this, you know, then I um, added um, uh, rice. I don't even remember for what reason. Um, uh, you know, more vegetables than, um, you know, a certain type of vegetables and cut those out. And, um, yeah, sometimes more sauerkraut than less egg yolks without egg yolks, butter. And, and you know, at some point I was still eating the liver and, you know, all sorts of combinations. At the same time, I was... Uh, I was trying out new supplements, so I was I was ordering them often in bulk because I also wanted to exclude all the fillers, right? Sure. So I would just buy the the pure supplements, just the powder form, and and I would take them and I kind of tune into myself, and and oftentimes uh, the supplements would give me like an immediate reaction, like I would tell within ten or twenty minutes after taking something. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether uh, whether it made me feel better or not. And so, for example, what I noticed is that when I was supplementing with molybdenum, that uh, I immediately like felt an improvement. The same with selenium, also an improvement. 
Then also uh, when I was taking milk thistle, I also felt improvement. Then alpha-lipoic acid, then chanka piedra. And I was like, hold on a second. What, why do those things make me feel better? Why did I feel an immediate improvement after taking molybdenum? And what all those things had in common is that they were good for the liver. Right. Right. I was like, oh, shit. Now, you know, something is wrong with my liver. Something is wrong. So, but what, what is it? I was like, okay, I need to fix my liver. And then from then on, I don't remember anymore um, how or why or what I searched for. I somehow came across information from by Grant Jenner. And then he, uh, right, and then he later directed me to Garrett Smith. This was November 18th, 2021, November 18th, 2021, where I went low vitamin A. So I uh, stopped eating the egg yolks, uh, the butter, and of course the liver. And like within... 24 to 48 hours those incredible chills that i would feel every evening stopped like they went down by 95 percent wow and yeah and and shortly afterwards i i started experiencing more and more improvements like within a very short amount of time like the edema the water retention my ankles went down by 90 percent or more within four or five days uh, after two months on the uh, low vitamin A diet, I, pro- I I basically had as good as never this crushing fatigue. I could just function every day. Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. It's amazing because um, there's a lot of people that eat meat only carnivore and they do include liver and then they say they have crushing fatigue. And I wonder, I used to think it's maybe they're just not eating enough fat, but then I started seeing a lot of hair minerals come in that there are certain markers that are always consistently high. One of them is copper, one of them is chromium, and then sometimes like the molybdenum is also low, like you mentioned. And it's the markers that are also high um, or the nutrients that are really high in like beef liver specifically. Beef liver has, I think three ounces has over a thousand percent of your daily value. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not eating zinc with it, you're going to deplete yourself of zinc and you need the zinc to produce stomach acid to break down your foods. So it's interesting that as soon as you stopped eating a lot of these vitamin A rich foods that then your liver was like getting a load off itself and can actually function well to then possibly help you not feel cold, which affects your thyroid health and your liver converts the T4 to T3. So it's all very interesting because a lot of the advocates that are saying now introduce carbs, for example, they said that they need it for thyroid health. But I wonder if it's like, was it the vitamin A level you were eating that was affecting your liver, then that affected your thyroid health? Obviously, this is a lot of speculation. But it's just for me, when I was doing the research, what I kept seeing was, 
I kept seeing a lot of people with hair mineral tests, their copper is super high. And then their chromium is somewhat high. And chromium isn't as high as copper in the liver. And then I was getting conversations about psoriasis. And I started wondering, and I started digging into it. And then I found it. And same thing, um, when I decided to share, it was primarily because Adults are adults, we can make our own decisions. But when I thought about the kids, especially the kids that are one, six months and above, even up to the age of three, even one ounce of liver is poisoning to their liver health. And that part, I felt the duty that I should be sharing people because I mean, I did it to my kid. Um, I recommended liver pate all the time. And that if you don't feel well, you know, you hear people say, well, you should try adding organ meats. When in fact, a lot of people come to a carnivore diet with poor liver health, with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, um, you know, cirrhosis, a lot of things that affect the liver. There's a reason why most of us cannot detox well. It's because we don't have good liver health. Well, then if you're adding this level of liver vitamin A and all the other things that of the copper and chromium, et cetera, and even like the B12, I just saw recently the B12 levels in uh, three ounces of organs is 2000% of your daily need. So, and then if you're eating meat on top of that, is there a point where B12 can be in excess? And sure, B vitamins don't get stored fully, but some of them do, including B12. Mm-mm. And- the conversation is, it's not that we're trying to necessarily deter people from fully needing, I'm sure your opinion is a little different than mine in that. But it's knowing that there's a little asterisk by a liver. So when you're going to eat it, that doesn't mean that this nutrient dense food is good for everyone. And that in fact, in our modern society, a very little organ can do a lot. And maybe for many people, it can actually make it toxic for somebody trying to heal. Mm-mm-mm. Right. Yeah, you know, I have uh, recently um, re- watched the interview that you did with uh, Dr. Garrett Smith. And honestly, I have to say, I, I don't think I've ever seen someone so well prepared. I mean, he had this all there on his screen, right? Like basically, like he highlighted, you know, everything that he was saying, he was hi- he was highlighting it in real time, you know, right. uh, and, and showing, it all, all, showing you all the studies that uh, were um, basically verifying what he was saying. I think he makes a really compelling case for n- no one needing liver, you know. I, so I think he, yeah, he makes really, really good, really good arguments that you don't really need liver. So. Yeah, and maybe if you were really malnourished, um, maybe if you were anorexic, maybe one ounce. But at that point, um, once in a while, I would say maybe 1% of my clients that take a hair minerals, they'll have really, really low copper. And, um, and then they look like they're malnourished in all the other minerals. And then I'll say maybe have one ounce once a week, if that, but sometimes I'll just, I'll just say, or you can supplement, it's up to you. But other than that, I don't recommend any of my clients taking liver because again, and it's not just liver, like the other organs have certain issues like kidneys, for example, too. But it's just there's a high risk with consuming too much liver. Like you said, it made you sick. And when I put out the content, there were a lot of people that messaged me directly. And I just didn't share about it because I don't need to prove my case. Like I said it in my videos with Dr. Garrett Smith. And after that, it's just there were a lot of messages with people really with debilitating illnesses when they started a carnivore diet and it just got worse progressively. 
And we are taught that, well, we should eat more organ meats because that's what's going to make Mm -hmm. us healthier. But I think we need to realize that maybe we should pause and think maybe it's actually the organ meats that are not making us feel well. Mm. Yeah, I think. And it's also interesting that one of the main proponents of the nose to tail diet, Dr. Paul Saladino, he actually abandoned the carnivore diet, right? Because apparently he developed some health issues. And so, you know, I don't think it is far-fetched to to assume that this could have been because he was eating too much uh, vitamin A through the organs. Well, what's interesting is um, there's a YouTuber named Frank uh, Frank Tofano. He -hmm. has really good nutritional content. I really like his content. But he also abandoned the carnivore diet. But if you look at some of his videos, I think he has one on he reads through his blood work and his vitamin A. And so for your blood to show high vitamin A levels means that it's really, really high. Because if you think about blood, it's just a transport system. So then when it's actually showing in your blood, it means that your liver is probably really, really saturated. I didn't, and so That's interesting. I didn't know that. So he, he, he had a vitamin A toxicity. Yes. So he has a video that talks about um, his vitamin A is really high. Mm-hmm. And that he, he had... So he never said... I am vitamin A toxic. He brings up that vitamin A is really Mm -hmm. high in his results, but he says he has liver damage. So he had to stop his carnivore diet because of the excess, um, the liver damage, but he abandoned the diet because his liver was nearly at its tail end of health. And that's why he abandoned it. But at least he shared that. Um, I don't, I, I know that Dr. Paul says it's something related to thyroid health or electrolyte imbalances, but Again, it's the thyroid is also created in the liver. So I'm just, who knows? I don't know his story really, but I know that they attribute that it's the lack of carbs or that the thyroid health was too low or the testosterone is too low, but they're also very connected to when the liver is damaged, they can all get imbalanced as well. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Smith, he, he, he said that basically it can really damage every organ in your body. Like every part of your body can be affected by it or him and Grand General, right? Both said that. So, so I'm guessing that some people watching this saying will think, well, I, I'm not like Paula. I didn't, um, consume a pound of liver and I, and you know, when you have it with fat, it gets even absorbed more. So do you think then from your experience that even one ounce of liver or two ounces of liver every day, every few days is still possibly, you know, toxic? Yeah, I think, you know, there are different sensitivities and this probably has to do with the state of your liver and whether there is cholestasis or not. Right. I think that uh, Dr. Garrett Smith, this is, um, from what I understand, this is kind of the idea that he says that, uh, you know, um, different people may have, may be at different stages of cholestasis, basically, right. like um, have different stages of an impaired uh, bioflow, impaired uh, liver function. And so, uh, you know, someone who has uh, really severe cholestasis where the bile doesn't, isn't transported at all into the small intestine is getting backed up. You know, then just tiny amounts may completely ruin that person, completely, you know, take uh, take that person over the edge. Uh, another person who has really well-functioning liver, right, uh, no cholestasis, bile is being produced, is, you know, transported, everything's perfect, you know, then it's going to probably uh, going to take a lot longer and a lot more 
of uh, vitamin A consumption to to make that person sick, right? So. And I think that makes a lot of sense, especially with people that eat a lot of grass fed meats, they're not eating a lot of added fats and the meats are generally leaner. So you're not going to stimulate the bile more. One thing I always recommend with my clients is if you have constipation, there's a good sign that you don't have good bile stimulation. And those are the people even more so should likely not be consuming organ meats. And I don't mean all organ meats. I think bone marrow is really good. I think heart is good to an extent. But you have to check one, the purines, you got to check the vitamin A content, look at the specific nutrients, and then make sure that even your animal is clean in terms of the organs to see if it's safe for you to be eating that specific organ. But I'm not saying all organs are off the table. I think they are nutrient dense. It really depends on the individual. I think it's good to share that there are risks with organ meats, um, specifically liver, I think kidneys, the next one in line. But it's um, if you're not feeling well, and sometimes like Dr. Garrett Smith and Grant Jenner say is that you may feel fine for a while, but it's like until that load becomes too much on your liver. For some people, I see it's stress, right? So maybe they could tolerate that one ounce of liver through liver chips, liver supplements, liver food, and then they get hit with the new job, their stress increases. So their liver health is not as good. Maybe they eat um, little things off the off their carnivore diet, and then all of a sudden their health crashes. And I've seen that a lot mm-hmm. as well. Right. I would say, in general, you know, if you are on the carnivore diet or ketogenic diet or like whatever diet, and you are supplementing with liver, you know, either in capsules or by eating it regularly, and your health is not where you would like it to be like you see okay yeah there's something still something off then just cut out the liver you know for one two three months and see if it improves or not right if it does then you probably found the reason why you weren't feeling that well before if it doesn't uh well then no harm done right you you, you're not gonna die because of a lack of liver consumption right (laughs) It's interesting. Some of the stuff you brought up, the joint pain and the low energy, that's the common one I also hear. And that's why um, a lot of people will then take the hair mineral test because they're wondering what's going on with my minerals. Is it an electrolyte deficiency? But oftentimes it's because they are, they are eating too many organs. What did you take? Did you take supplements? Did you change your diet? How did you start healing? And um, I, I know you're still healing because the level of vitamin A that's stored in the liver takes a very long time to deplete. So how how have you been healing? I follow Dr. Garrett Smith's advice to start supplementing with lactoferrin. And this is, I mean, this stuff is like magical. All right. So this is really potent, really potent stuff. And I think that this is really a very important supplement when it comes to restoring liver and specifically duct health, mm-hmm. right? So we're talking about the liver ducts. So the, the basically the, the, the tiny tubes which transport the bile, right? There, there are many things that you can take to, to heal your liver, right. but lactoferrin addresses specifically the ducts. So it's really unique in that way, and it's incredibly potent, I found. Well, or maybe it was because I was just so full with vitamin A that it had such a profound impact on me. But yes, so I started supplementing with, with lactoferrin in minimal dosages. So I started with 15, 1,5 milligrams per day. 
And like from the very first dosage, I was like, I felt like my mind had opened up. Wow. And that time I was also suffering from a dizziness. It was pretty pronounced. And like that dizziness was dramatically reduced. And I felt significantly better. It was like instant. It was instant. I, I was completely blown away. And um, yeah, so one five fifty milligram. Right now, I'm still at thirty milligram. Okay, at some point in between, I was like, uh, I was um, moving between thirty and ninety milligram per day. But uh, I realized I was going too fast, and now I, I have to, uh, I had to go back to thirty milligram. So this, for now, this seems to be a good amount. Yeah, so so yeah, lactoferrin, super important, I found, and really, really magical. And so I'm really grateful to Dr. Smith that he uh, that he recommends this. Yeah. Before okay. I discovered lactoferrin, I tried colostrum, and it was, you know, from grass-fed Swiss cows, you know, who had, like, the best life and, like, you know, all organic and, and, and stuff. And um, I tried that, but... Um, I didn't feel good on it. There was mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what was happening, but I, I had to stop it. It is possible that I was taking too high dosages. That's possible. You can use colostrum for gut health, but I realize if you're taking grass-fed dairy, um, they're higher in vitamin A. So it could be that. Could, right. Exactly. So because grass-fed animals eat more of the grass and the sun and they then accumulate more vitamin A than just, you know, the other types of dairy. So it could have been that, um, but it's powerful in terms of gut health, or you can use like immunoglobulin. So the IgGs without any of the colostrum and those are created from bovine. And so they don't use the dairy part of it. I just want to set for me personally, um, the record that I'm not opposed to people eating vitamin A, but I think we should be very careful based on where we are stemming from. So knowing that my younger son, for example, had a lot of exposure to chicken liver pate, some beef liver, and then we were eating like six to eight eggs a day and, um, and then the cheese and he was drinking goat milk on top of that. So now I'm mindful of as long as he's getting his limit, um, then I'm kind of good with that. And then so I may maybe not have him drink some goat milk that day, absolutely no liver for them. And um, no supplements with vitamin A, none of that. And then I also make sure that, you know, sometimes they are in the sun, things like that to get the vitamin D, maybe balance out. Sometimes they take vitamin K2. But if they're eating eggs, then I limit it now. And I'm just very mindful of I know what foods have vitamin A. And I will make sure that it's a lesser amount than they were eating before, which was probably, I don't know, several X the amount that they should have been eating. Mm -mm -mm. Right. Yeah. So what about your diet? What, how is your diet now? So how is my diet? Okay, all right. So yes, when I, uh, when I discovered Dr. Garrett Smith, so I started acting, adding lactoferrin and I was also uh, eating rice. So it was mm -hmm. mostly white rice. I was doing this for like the first, I don't know, three, four weeks, I believe, um, on the low vitamin A diet. But then I discovered that uh, when I was eating the rice, that the water retention my ankles was getting worse so it never went back to being as bad as it used to be the water retention but i i i, I saw there was okay there, there was still you know it, it was getting worse right you know like 10 20 percent or so 
And so I cut out the rice, and so like three, four weeks into the low vitamin A diet, I went back on full muscle meat carnivore. So Mm -hmm. I had been now, again, pure carnivore for, okay, now is uh, February 18th, so how long would it be? I I don't know, uh, six weeks or so, six, five weeks. So this is what I've been eating. And, and I'm, so I eat like muscle meats of all animals, uh, mm-hmm. pork, beef, lamb. Uh, lamb is super, super low in vitamin A. Chicken also. I right. do notice that I feel better when I limit my fat intake, but it's really hard for me. You know, like yeah. eating like fatless meat, like um, like skinless chicken breast or like or like uh, really, um, really lean um, cuts of pork. This is it's it's really difficult to to, to take oh, yeah. this down, you know, because there's like no flavor. It's just, it's just it doesn't satiate you, you know. But but I do feel better. I have to admit, you know. So I'm you trying may- to find you know like a middle way. Somehow. Yeah. And as you heal, you may want to just take some stimulants um, or supports that will help to stimulate bile production in your liver. And as your liver heals, then it can produce more bile without it getting obstructed. So it's just time. I don't think you need to, I think fat is such an important thing for hormones, for mental health. And so as you heal, and then you're able to take in more, like, like have the liver do more work, um, it could produce more bile. And I fully believe that you can take possibly digestive enzymes, biles, um, producers, but maybe you need to do a little bit more healing with like the lactoferrin, less vitamin A on the liver. And that may just help you. It's yeah. yeah so if you had any message, you know, I'm, I'm grateful you shared your story because um, I know there's some people that thought I was just fear mongering, which I, I gain nothing from this. Um, I don't sell these vitamin A things. I don't sell liver. I don't, um, I get no benefit from people yelling at me on the internet, but I feel that it's the right thing to do is share about this risk, especially with young children. Um, I, you, they have the rest of their life in front of them and you don't want to be inundating them with excess liver that can get them really sick. Mm-hmm. So I, I thank you for sharing your story because I think a lot of people are scared to come up when they see the mob kind of yell at me. Um, so, you know, if you left any people with any message, what would it be? Eat meat is one of the most, the, the healthiest thing that you can eat. This is super, super important to, to eat meat. Really, this, this is, meat is probably the superfood, muscle meat. Us talking about the dangers of eating organ meats, this is so that we improve the carnivore diet, right? And so that we protect people and avoid and help them avoid uh, making the same mistakes that that we've been making, right? So because during the time when I, I stopped being carnivore for a while, when I was trying to figure out, you know, w- what the hell was going on, people were like, "Oh, you see, that was because you were eating only meat. It was the carnivore diet, you know, that made you so sick, you know, right?" No, it was specifically the organs, the liver that was that made me sick, not the meat. This is, this is a core message, really. You know, just watch out. Like, don't eat organ meats. So limit them. You don't. You don't need organ meats to be healthy on a carnivore diet, right? Because I, I think this is, this is what people, what people struggle with, right? right. I think people still. Uh, it's hard for many people to believe. Hold on a second. I can get everything that I need just from meat, just from muscle meat, just from eating ribeyes or like, you know, whatever my favorite meat cut is. 
You know, it just sounds too good to be true. Like, it sounds like incredible. They're like, no, 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 no. I need to do something extra, right? Otherwise, I will develop some deficiency or something. So, you know, give me the liver capsules or this. No, you know, don't try to fix something that's not broken, right? right. If you feel great just eating ribeyes or like whatever other muscle meat, you know, then stick to it, right? Don't try to fix something that's not broken. Thank you. Um, so do you still take the vitamin C? Do you think that that was like, do you think you had scurvy? Okay. I don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. This, this is a fascinating topic. Okay. You need to read this. Okay. So this is an article um, written by Grant Genera and he, he did extraordinary detective work and he really makes a really solid case that scurvy in reality is vitamin A poisoning. And he goes back to the 1700s and lays it all out, you know, and he shows that basically back then sailors started taking, um, uh, what was the soup? Um, damn it, I forgot the soup. So it was a certain product, it was a soup, a canned soup that was made from uh, from uh, oxen offal. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly. O-F-F-A-L? O-F-F-A-L, yes, offal. Right. And so, right. So awful. This is right. Exactly. All the organs, including liver. Right. And they made soup out of this and canned it. And mm-hmm. they were giving this to sailors on their journeys across the sea. Right. And so this is what they were eating. And uh, the and so the scurvy scurvy then started uh, starting showing its first symptoms like six to eight weeks after uh, of the sailors being out in the sea right and so this is basically how long it took for for the vitamin a to build up in their system and to poison them right and he says that interestingly bloodletting was one of the most popular ways to treat scurvy back then and of course bloodletting this is also something that grand general recommends in order to deal with vitamin a poisoning because it's basically you know, you take out that poisoned blood that has too much bile acids and vitamin A, and and uh, you help uh, detox vitamin A that way, right? And th- they were doing exactly the same way hundreds of years ago, right? So what those sailors were dealing with was vitamin A toxicity, not scurvy, right? And but but he, it's it's really it's really interesting how he how he presents this. Like he did an extraordinary work, like. People need to read this. Right. Uh, all the work that Grant Jenneru has shared and it's free and all the eBooks, um, everyone yeah. says always that the writing is so, um, so it's really good. Um, what's interesting about the sailors is that they ate pretty much the same diet and only half of them got scurvy. Obviously we are all wired differently. So some people may have gotten the um, higher levels of vitamin A and they were fine. And maybe they get, they got ill later, who knows once they got off the boat, but it's just we are not going to show the symptoms all at the same time for it to be so definitive that it was the liver. But right. there are for sure people that get sick. And all I want in my messaging is that if you get sick on a carnivore diet, that you can also wonder if it's any of the organ meats, which right now there is really no discussion about that. It's if anything, mm. you should be eating more organs. And that's the message that I'd like to challenge because for some people, not everyone, but for some people, the extra little bit of organs are the the threshold that then makes 
the liver become really unwell and then they feel sick. And, and then you start seeing it in rising ALT and AST markers for liver health. And that even takes a while for that to even happen. But it's always something that I have been seeing more and more trend wise. And the thing is, on the internet, we don't share a lot of this blood work, right? We only talk about if we feel good or not, or if we have energy or not. And this is a discussion that really needs to be said, because Yes, we're trying to heal metabolic syndrome with carnivore and a lot of other issues, but we can also overdo nutrition. And that is why even the government and the FDA and the nutritional dietetics, they have rules of upper limits. If there Mm. wasn't a risk of excess, there would be no upper limits. Mm. But they actually, as much as they don't care for our health truly or not, there's a tolerable upper limit for every child, pregnant woman, woman, and man. And so you have to wonder if we're eating much more of that excess on a daily basis, are we doing harm to our body? And it's a discussion that we need to have, like you said, so that we can make sure that carnivore is safe and that we can have wellness for all. Right. Yeah. Just stick to the muscle meat. That's it. Well, thank you so much. I know you have a channel because I know a lot of your healing has also been through the ozone Um Therapy, I know you have a channel that talks about that. Do you want to just kind of plug that a little bit and share where people, if people want to, one, just reach out to you to learn more about your story or even learn about ozone therapy, if um, how they can reach you? Sure. Yeah. So my website is thepowerofozone.com. And so people can contact me through that website. They can book a consultation with me, buy my books. I also have a Facebook uh, page, business page that's called The Power of Ozone and Meat. And uh, I also believe that that ozone, specifically drinking ozonated water, can actually help mm-hmm. with either detoxing vitamin A or somehow restoring liver health. Now, mm-hmm. it, this is just something that, you know, based on my observations on my own body and how my body uh, responded to drinking ozonated water, I believe that um, that possibly, you know, this is one of the things, you know, just like lactoferrin that can actually speed up the healing. That's powerful. Well, thank you so much. I'll put all the information in the show notes. You know, thank you for being brave and sharing. I know that your intent was truly just to share your story so that other people don't go through the illness. And when you're really just trying to better your health, but in fact, some of the foods you were eating were making you more sick. So Mm -hmm. I, I commend you on your bravery. I know it's not easy. I'm sure we're going to get messages saying that we're being dogmatic or haters, but this is what we need to do when we challenge science. We so that there. I, uh, I love the haters. Other... They, they pump me up. They motivate me. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I have no problem with with people criticizing and hating, and you know. So bring them all. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being brave and sharing because this is a message that so many people need to hear, especially for their children. So thank well, you. Okay, guys. I hope that this interview just really was eye-opening that sometimes for some people, organ meats just may not be ideal. There are some people that may need organ meats, but for a lot of people that just have liver imbalances, which often happens when you have insulin resistance, we may just need to pause on some of the organ meats. It's not all of them. And I'm sure I'll put out more content about the variations, but you just may want to be more careful. I don't want people to say that if I'm not feeling well on a meat only diet, that I should carnivore harder by adding more liver or liver harder or do kidneys harder. Because for some people, those foods are not medicine, especially in higher doses. This is very nuanced. This is not me just attacking organ meats. It's 
um, a lot more nuanced than that. I just want that people are a little bit more cautious, especially when they came to this way of eating, if they had other imbalances in their system. And I hope that this conversation is another lever for you to get to optimal health. Okay, guys, make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.